0: We all have our journeys, some long, some short, some harrowing, and some easy. What kinds of songs does God think we need for our journeys? For hope, for trouble, or for joy? Join us as we learn to sing God's songs from the Psalms. When I was in seminary, um, for part of the time, I worked in a technology retail store where we sold cell phones and cell phone service, and we sold TV and internet. But there was this one product that that the bosses loved that they really, really desperately wanted us to sell. And it was um, smart home equipment and home security. And so this was, I mean, we're probably talking five years, six years ago. And they really, really pushed us to try and get people to sign up for home security with smart home stuff. And so it was things like a video doorbell um, and like being able to control your lights and being able to control your garage door from your phone and all of these different things. And honestly, it's really funny because now it's super common. But at the time, it was really unheard of. And so this was in Kentucky. And so what we normally heard whenever we tried to talk to somebody about it was, why do I need a security system? I have a gun and a dog. I have a gun and a dog. That's what it was. Like, why do I need a security system? I have a gun and a dog. I, I laugh about it now because if you walk through neighborhoods, especially newer neighborhoods in our town, half the homes have security systems and video doorbells. Like it's just like super common right now because at least in our community where a lot of people live in the community, but work outside of town, they want that security of knowing who's around, what's going on. So they put on video doorbells and they put on, con- you know, controls of lights and the security system and all sorts of things because we want to be secure. Whether you use the security system, or whether you have um, a gun and a dog. All of us want on some level this security. How can I know we're going to be okay? It's a a question, it's important right now. It feels sometimes like our world is burning down. Things are uncertain. Depending on where you live, crime might be on the rise. And so we, we live in a world where lots of people are going, how do we find security? How can I know I'm going to be okay? Is there a piece of technology that can get me there? Is there a dog? Is there a gun? Is there a but maybe it's beyond that? Maybe it's how can I find security? Is it a relationship? Is it financial security? Is it an insurance policy? Is it a enough visits to the doctor? Where can I find security? If you're like me, that's an important question. How can I lie down? and sleep in peace. Today we're going to be answering that question. We're going to be looking at Psalm 121 to see how what kind of song does God have for people needing security? People living in the shadow of the valley of death and wondering how are we going to make it through? So go ahead and turn with me to Psalm 121. Psalm 121 The second of the Song of Ascents says, I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Let's pray. God, as we open your word, as we look at our own lives to try and find, where do we find security? How can we know we're going to be okay? God, remind us from your word of your promises. In Jesus' name, amen. What I want to show you today is Psalm 121 calls us to remind ourselves that my help comes from the Lord. This this song is meant to be lived spirituality, not just, oh, here's some stuff to know, but a song to sing so that when I get in trouble, the song that's going through my head is my help comes from the Lord. This passage tells us how do we sing that song and know my help comes from the Lord Four things not to fear. Verses three, to, so this but the passage starts out, I call, I'm sorry, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. That's that's the context. Where's my help gonna come from? It's gonna come from God. When I sing this song, what are four things not to fear? First, verses three and four tell us, do not fear any mistakes. Verses three and four, he will not let your foot step, slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. This is calling to us. God is not going to let your foot slip. God is the one who watches over you and he's not going to fall asleep. God is the one who watches over Israel and he does not slumber and does not sleep. There's this, this, this question here. Is God going to make a mistake? Is he going to fall down on the job? Is he going to forget me? Is God going to lose me? This passage tells us, no, God is not going to drop the ball. When it comes to things in the world to fear, don't fear that God is going to let your foot slip because his attention is elsewhere. Don't let, fear that God is going to let you fall because he's gone to sleep and he can't handle the job. This says, no, God's not going to make a mistake. He's not going to forget you. Nothing is going to take him by surprise or take his attention away from you. Maybe you need to hear that today, that nothing is going to take God's attention away from you. So that he's paying attention to something else or somebody else that's more important than you are. This passage says, no, God's not going to let your foot slip. He's going to watch. He will watch over you and not fall asleep. I'm reminded of in the book of Exodus, when Moses and the people of Israel are leaving the land of Egypt. They get to the edge of the Red Sea. They're sandwiched in between a sea they cannot cross and an army behind them that wants to kill them or enslave them again. And Moses says, stand still and watch the deliverance of God. From Exodus chapter 14. Stand still and watch God's deliverance. This passage says God's not going to make a mistake. He's not going to lead you so far that he's going to lose you. Stand still and watch. Don't fear any mistake. And so this, when we find ourselves wondering, where am I going to find security? This passage says, my help comes from the Lord and I am not going to fear that God's going to go off duty, that he's going to farm the job off to an angel that's not going to do a good job. No, God himself has taken intimate responsibility for me and for my life. And he's never going off duty. He's never going to drop the ball. He's never going to drop. me. So do not fear any mistakes. When we tell ourselves, my help comes from the Lord. The second thing we do not fear is do not fear any threat. Verses five and six says, the Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. Who is, who, who is the Lord? His identity. He's the keeper. God's the watcher. The Lord watches over you. That's his identity. I'm the watcher. I'm the keeper. I'm going to care for you. But what does it mean? He says, the Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun's not going to harm you by day nor the moon by night. There is no threat that's going to drain you. If you live in the desert, being caught out in the sun with no protection can dehydrate you incredibly fast. It's dangerous. The moon at night, whether it's full or whether it's covered by clouds, can conceal dangers as wild animals and other threats come along. And he says, no, the the Lord watches over you. Nothing is going to harm you during the day. Nothing is going to harm you at night. There is this lie that we hear that says, I am my own keeper. I am my own watcher. And this passage says, no, no, you're not your own keeper. You are not your own watcher. God is the keeper. God is the watcher. And nothing day or night is going to take him by surprise and threaten and hurt you without his great care and concern for you. So can we begin to grab onto that and say, God, there's a lot that I don't understand in the world. There's a lot that I don't understand in my own life right now. But I know that you promised to be my keeper. And I'm going to clutch on to that identity that God, the keeper, watches over me. No real or imagined threat is going to get through him to me. There is this great intensity in this. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. I love the intimacy of that. He's your shade at your right hand. It's not just God who's far off somewhere else, but God is near, shading me, from the right side. I'm reminded of Hagar. If you're not familiar with that story in Gen- the Book of Genesis, God promised Abraham, uh, ch- like children and descendants and land, but. Abraham was old and had an old wife. And so Abraham and his wife made a plan to say, well, let's help God out. And so they took Sarah, Abraham's wife, took her handmaid and gave her to Abraham so that he could have a baby through Hagar. They were trying to help God out and be like, well, God, we love the promises. We will help you through this problem so you can keep the rest of it. And then... Then there becomes family strife. And God's like, I actually am giving you a child through Sarah. Thanks for the help with Hagar, but I didn't need that extra help. But what's so interesting is that Sarah wants to cut Hagar loose, but God doesn't. For the sake of Abraham, God cares for Hagar and her son Ishmael. Taking care of them, even though they're. he's not the child of the promise that God intended. He's not the child of the promise. And so God is actually showing great care for Hagar and her son and says, I see you. I am watching you. I am hearing your cry for help. And so he delivers and cares for and gives a home and gives descendants to Hagar and Ishmael. I'm reminded that like even this woman who had no like she had no rights to claim anything, finds that God is the keeper and the watcher because that's what we find throughout the Bible is people that do not deserve watching and keeping find that that's who God is in himself. They didn't have to earn it. They get to receive it. That God, the watcher, and the keeper is for them. And so this passage tells us that, that this is the kind of God And so we don't have to fear any threat. Can we begin to look at our lives instead of wondering what's around the next corner? What's coming next? What threat is going to hurt us next? Say, no, I don't know what's out there, but I do know that God the Watcher is not going to leave me. God the Keeper promised he will watch over me. One writer said that, the, in commenting on this passage, that your divine companion stands between you and every threat. That's good news. And so we are called to not fear any threat. The third thing we're not to fear, if God is our helper, is do not fear any evil. Verse 7 says, The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The 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 some translations might say the Lord will keep you from all evil or evil one, depending on the translation. This idea of harm, evil, and evil one reminds us that really around every corner, there is trouble. There is an accuser, there is an evil one who wants to do us harm. But we are called to not fear any evil because the Lord will keep you from the evil one, from all harm that He intends. He will keep your life. He will keep your soul. He will keep you from all harm. So what God breathes in you, God's going to keep, as one writer put it. What God breathes in you, the soul and the life that God put in you, he is going to keep. He's going to preserve it. Your soul and your heart are kept and secure. Do not fear any evil. Do not fear any harm. Because God is the one who is keeping you. So what does that mean for you and I? What do we do with that? We remind ourselves regularly, the Lord is going to keep the life that he gives us. God is going to keep the life that he gives us. Some of us need to repeat that to ourselves more than others. Some other people might not really struggle with anxiety. They might not struggle with fear. They might not struggle with uncertainty. But some of us have to remind ourselves that the Lord is going to keep the life that he gave me. God's in charge of it. And he promises he's going to keep me from all evil, from all harm. He's going to keep me from the harm that Satan wants to do to me. We have to remind ourselves of the the objective truth of that statement. Because sometimes our experience of it doesn't feel that way. God, it feels like I'm in for harm. God, it feels like the evil one intends to do me harm and he's succeeding. And we must remind ourselves the absolute truth of this verse. Verse 7, the Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. My help comes from the Lord. And so I will not fear any evil. The fourth thing not to fear from this passage is do not fear any place. Verse eight, the Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. Man, I love this passage because it keeps, it keeps this repeating, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. This is what God is doing, has done, will do. This is who God is. And it's this reminder, the Lord will watch over your coming and going. When I leave my house, I'm going to come back to it when I leave my work and I come back to it when I leave my hobbies when I come back to it God is the one that's watching over my coming and going and he's doing it now and he's going to keep doing it forevermore there's not an end date towards God's watching over me not when I become an adult not when I get retired not when I screw up so bad Psalm 121 says that the Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and and forevermore. All of life is in this, coming and going, now, forever. This is it. Do not fear any place that we're going to find ourselves. There is no future out there in which God is going to stop watching over us. And we have to begin to say, okay, that place isn't going to be so scary. That place is not going to be so scary. That place is not going to be so scary because the Lord watches over me. The Lord watches over me, and so no place is scary. And so this is a song to sing in those hard times when we need security, when we are struggling with anxiety, when we are struggling with a medical diagnosis, a downturn in the economy, our bank account running on zero, the bills piling up, when we're estranged from our children or from a spouse. This, This is a song to sing when we need to know it's going to be okay. And so we must begin to practice now this song. My help comes from the Lord, and so I don't have nothing to fear. My help comes from the Lord, and so I have nothing to fear. You say, Joe, I'm not so good at this. How can we know? How can we know for sure that God is like this? How can we know for sure that God is not going to forsake us? You say that this is the character of God, but what about me and my character? What if I run too far? What if I do too much? This passage reminds us of Jesus. This passage reminds us of Jesus who in your place and in my place made no mistakes and yet died at the hands of evil, wicked men. Jesus is the one who did nothing wrong and yet Even while his his father's intention, he died in your place and in my place to free us from the things that we deserve. You see, we don't deserve any of these things. We don't deserve God's affection. We do not deserve God's care. But Jesus obeyed in his life and freed us with his death. So that now there is no barrier to our security. Sin does not stand in between us and God's care and concern and security. God loves his people and he delights to watch in them. And there is no sin for those who stand in Christ Jesus. There is no sin that stands in the way of them and God's care. And so maybe you're sitting here and you're wondering, does God really love me? Can I actually know that he's working for my good? Can I actually know that God's not saying, try harder, do better, you idiot? Yeah, we can know that. We can know that because Jesus lived the life that we should live, died the death that we should die and was raised to new life so that all who trust in him can have his record and can have his identity and then can have his power. And so we can go, okay, I'm supposed to get over anxiety. No, we're supposed to receive Jesus' great faith and affection for his father so that his eyes were constantly on his father even while his world was crumbling around him and he was whipped and he was beaten in your place and in my place. And so those who repent of sin and trust in Christ can know for sure my help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. I have nothing to fear. So then... We have the power to live a new kind of life as this message takes root in our hearts and it takes root in our homes so that instead of homes constantly and filled with anxiety and trying and manipulating and oh, we got to get this under control because we're on our own and if we don't do this, nobody else will. Instead, we get to find in this passage the hope and this attitude that God's invited us into. And that makes the difference in, in, a, in a heart that knows for sure my help comes from the Lord. It makes the difference in a home when one or two parents, maybe, maybe it's just a child, that says, I know my help comes from the Lord, so I'm going to live like it. That makes a difference in a town when there is a church, a community of people, that has said, our help comes from the Lord. Nothing stands between us and his great affection for us. And we can trust and not fear anything out there. That makes a huge difference. That makes all the difference. Let's pray. Jesus, as we open your word and hear this song, help us, Lord, to know that our help comes from you. Help us learn to sing that song in advance. In Jesus' name, amen.